0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this opening day, Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me over on Twitter at Joe JoeOrico99 and also at Ethos Fantasy BB. That's where all of our new podcast links, this show and the It's Gone podcast with our great friend Britton Allen get posted out different news and notes, of course, all of our links to our articles, which should be coming out. Um, our goal is to have one coming out every single day on the site. There might be the odd day where there's not, but pretty much every single day, there's going to be a piece for myself or one of our other great writers over there at sportsethos.com, and those links will get shared out at Ethos BB. So please make sure that you guys are checking that out when you guys are over on Twitter. I know that Twitter can be kind of a... A bit of a hell to go to at this point. Who knows what's going to happen if you're not uh, paying the 8 bucks a month, if you're even going to be able to use the thing. uh, Who who knows what the direction we're heading. And if that is the case and you guys want to stay off Twitter, if you're not on there at all, then please do go check out sportsethos.com. Hover over the MLB tab, and you will get all of our new baseball content. It's opening day. It's a very exciting time. Obviously, we are in the middle of the day here. I'm recording 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. This is when I was able to actually sit down. I watched a little bit of baseball earlier. I had some stuff to be doing earlier in the day as well, and I got some stuff later on. It's it's a busy day for me. I wish I could just sit down and watch baseball all day, but this is the time that I am able to carve out and record. There have been a few games that have concluded. There are some games going on, and there are still some games to come later tonight. I'm going to give you guys a brief summary, and I'm going to talk about what's going on. I do want to say, though, at first, my biggest piece of advice. I know a lot of people do... Zone out, middle of podcast, turn them off, don't listen to the whole thing. I know I can be guilty of that sometimes. There will be you know some time left on the podcast, and I'll just finish my drive. That's why I'll usually listen in the car, and then I just won't pick it up. Later on, I'll forget about it. There will be a new show that gets posted, and I'll just go on to that. Sometimes you, things get missed out on the end of the show, but this is my biggest piece of advice right now. Do not overreact to anything that you see today on opening day. There is nothing today that is going to be indicative of what's going to happen for the rest of the season in terms of individual players. There might be trends that we see happening, like in terms of the amount of steals we've seen today. It's been absolutely nuts how many stolen bases we have seen today. Uh, I think the Orioles themselves have five or six, and I think they are beaten up pretty bad on the, on the Red Sox. Uh, they did, oh, you know, what? the Red Sox actually made a, a little comeback at the end, but the Orioles, they, they got 10 runs, and they stole a lot of bases today. And a lot of teams are stealing a lot of bases today. That's one trend that is like a team league-wide thing that you can look at and say, okay, there's going to be more steals. <clears throat> in terms of individual players, in terms of individual performances, you cannot read into really anything that we saw today with that much certainty. Jacob deGrom went out there and did not look good. It was, it was brutal. Uh, I have Jacob deGrom in my home league. He's one of my favorite players and he did not look good and even on the other side Aaron Nola did not look good either. This game is currently right now 5-5 in the bottom of the 4th. Aaron Nola 3 and 2 thirds he allowed 5 earned runs. Jacob deGrom 3 and 2 thirds he allowed 5 earned runs. This is not what you want to be seeing. This is not at all ideal. But at the same time, it is way too early to be using any of this and saying it's panic time for anybody or to be selling low. Because I know from my time on Twitter last year, being fairly new in the, in the baseball world on Twitter last year, I was I was very new. People were sending me questions very early on in the season, and I know it's going to be the same this year. I'm going to be getting them tomorrow. Should I trade Jacob deGrom for whoever? <clears throat> I'm going to get there's going to be somebody who tries to trade Logan Webb for Aaron Nola tomorrow or or something like that. There is going to be there are going to be trades like that that go down and you can see on Yahoo and maybe even on different sites. I'm more I'm the most familiar with Yahoo of all the different fantasy sites. I know you can go and you can check publicly that what trades have happened in different public leagues you're going to see some crazy nonsense go down tomorrow with people panic selling DeGrom and panic selling Nola and panic selling Corbin Burns who did not have a good day and going out there and acquiring guys who, you know, Marcus Stroman had a really good day. You know, there's going to be people who are buying into that like it's just the way that fantasy sports works for whatever reason. I hate the fact that it is like this because it's just uh, panicking. People are always just always focused on the thing that happened most recently and it's not at all going to help you out in the long run, to sell Corbin Burns at a discount after one bad start, or sell Jacob DeGrom at a discount after one bad start. DeGrom was not great. He admittedly, you know, looking at his numbers, I didn't see actually any of this, to be honest with you. But three and two-thirds, he allowed five earned runs, six hits, he did have seven strikeouts, and he allowed a home run to Alec Bohm. This is not what you wanted to see. But at the same time, Jacob deGrom still touched 101 on his fastball. His numbers were still pretty good. You know, he's – and I'm not talking about his actual numbers, like his his ERA and whatnot, but he was touching 101 on his fastball. He touched almost 94 on the slider. His changeup coming in at 92. You know, he's generally within range of what you can expect for Jacob deGrom. You want to see healthy Jacob deGrom, even if the results were not there one time, you know, This is not a time to panic and try and sell Jacob DeGrom. Now, the other side of that equation is if people in your league are immediately trying to sell DeGrom and Burns and Nola and they're trying to eagerly go and acquire Marcus Stroman and Logan Webb, who uh, Logan Webb had a very good day, but he's not going to have twelve strikeouts in six innings a lot of the time, and that's something that you're not going to be able to fall back on. He has a bad defense behind him. He is not the greatest pitcher. I know he's had a good couple of seasons. He's not the greatest pitcher for fantasy. He's a he's a lot better in real life. Those strikeouts are not going to be there. People are going to go and try and acquire him tomorrow, and there's not going to be probably like a web for Degrom. But I wouldn't be shocked to see someone try and trade like Logan Webb for Aaron Ola and somebody out there. Accept it. Not everybody pays a close, close amount of attention to fantasy. Some people are just kind of casual. There's people like that in my home league who are a little bit more casual, and they might see something like that and panic. Please do not do that. That is not going to help you out at all. It's just going to set you back. That's my PSA. Please just be, be calm. Be patient in terms of your team's do not be panicked selling or dropping players because of a bad one game, because of a bad two games. You know, even if DeGrom and Burns and Nola go out there and shit the bed the next time around, you know, there's probably a buying opportunity at that point if, if you're trying to acquire them, but do not sell them. People will do it, but do not sell them. There are certain players who, you know, they got off to a bad start, like Patrick Corbin did today, and it's like, yes, okay. There were like 300, I was just looking at it, 350 or so players on Yahoo, who added Patrick Corbin today. It's like, what kind of desperate 35, 50-team league are you in where you need to be streaming Patrick Corbin in on opening day with all the aces for every team going? It's like, it's so unnecessary. It's just not something that, that you need to be doing. If you have them, drop them In those kind of situations, yes, you can, you can make a clear decision on opening day. If you did make the bad decision of adding Patrick Corbin, you can now make the good decision of cleansing your team of him. But with the Grom and Nola and guys like that, you're, you're not going to be dropping them. You should not be dropping them. Or, not, excuse me, not dropping them. I guess dropping their value is, is what I mean to say there. You should not be putting them out of the trade market because there is going to be, you know, somebody trying to offer you 50%, 75% of their true value because of a bad start. So that is that is the PSA here. That is what I wanted to get off because I know that people do tend to, you know, leave podcasts sometimes in the middle or whatever, but I do want to get that off right off the start. But today is opening day. Like I said, we are in the middle of it right now. I did mention a couple of the guys that I do want to talk about. Obviously, you know, the Burns and and Nola and DeGrom stuff. I I, I kind of mentioned them all, but Burns, uh, he allowed, what was it, four earned runs, three walks and three strikeouts over five innings. Nola and DeGrom, both in the five earned run territory there. Those are the bad ones. Let's talk about a couple of the good ones. I did mention Logan Webb. Now, you know, six innings, 12 strikeouts, two walks, four and runs. You know, the four and runs, one of them was a home run to Aaron Judge in the first inning, and a couple of them were uh, Glaber Torres' home run. I believe that was a two-run shot here. I was going back and forth between this game and the Nationals game. Um, I believe, let me take a look. I think it was a two-run job. Yeah, it was. Donaldson was on base. Uh, th- those were those are the blemishes in the start, but 12 strikeouts is definitely something to be keeping an eye on. He's going to be going against, I believe, the White Sox next time out unless they happen to do something, push him back for whatever reason. He should be getting the White Sox. I think it's next Tuesday. We'll see if he can keep those strikeouts going. I don't expect that to happen. He's not somebody where you typically can fall back on those <laughs> strikeouts. He was 20-ish percent strikeout rate last year. Now He had a much higher rate in 2021. I think it was like 26%, 25 26% historically that's not who he is. I don't think that that's going to be what we can see long term, but definitely something to monitor, you know. Like I said, not somebody to be running at and acquiring necessarily. But, you know, he is somebody to keep an eye on. If you did draft him, you might end up getting uh, you know, more strikeouts than you did expect. Potentially, it is the start of a new year, things can change. Maybe we see a few more strikeouts. He's not going to be a 30 plus percent K rate, but maybe we see 22, 23, 24 that could be potentially possible. Uh, Garrett Cole on the other side there, he was fantastic, exactly what you would hope for. Six innings, three hits, 11 strikeouts. There's not much to really say. Garrett Cole, he, he was Garrett Cole here. Uh, it was what you were hoping for. It was, it was about as good as you could have hoped for uh, out of Garrett Cole here. In terms of the Yankee lineup, the things that really stood out were Oswaldo Cabrera, to me, going over 4 with four strikeouts. If he keeps that up, He's not gonna have a job. He's gonna be sent back down. I'm not sure about his options, but he's not gonna be starting for sure if he keeps up that kind of line. Obviously, it's the first game, but we have something to monitor here. Definitely not a great start for him. Anthony Volpe, two at bats, one strikeout, also a walk and a stolen base. That was the huge thing there. He did get on base. He did steal. He's batting ninth. I don't know how high up we can possibly see him push this year. Like I think he can maybe get up to like six, seven potentially. Maybe five, best case scenario, but. I think he'll be at the bottom. I think that he'll still have value at the bottom of the lineup if he's able to steal, and I think based on the early returns today, like I mentioned earlier, stolen bases, it's not just that Orioles game. Stolen bases are up all over the place. He stole a base. Gleyber Torres stole a base for the Yankees. Tyra Estrada stole a base uh, for San Francisco on the other side. There's a lot of stolen bases. There was a lot of strikeouts as well, and this game in particular, uh, it was it was nuts. There were 16 strikeouts Um, For the San Francisco Giants batters, there were 16 strikeouts for the Yankee batters. (laughs) That's a lot. You know, when each starting pitcher has more than 10, that's kind of crazy. Not something I expect to see continue uh, for either lineup necessarily. Well, maybe for San Francisco's, they really do not have a great lineup. But uh, don't expect to see the Yankees strike out quite that much, especially with guys like Logan Webb on the mound. That was kind of just a, a random one there. Marcus Stroman, uh, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned him, but he was the other side of the <laughs> of the Corbin Burns outing. Six innings, three hits, eight strikeouts, three walks. I don't think he really is even going to cut it. Like I think he's maybe a back-end guy in a 12-team league, maybe, but he's not, in my eyes, a must-roster player. He's somebody where it's like, if he's on your roster, fine, but he is a uh, you know, very boring back-end guy at best. This is absolute best-case scenario. You're not going to see these kind of Ks out of him usually, eight strikeouts and shutout ball over six innings is not really what I would expect out of him, but he can be like a back end guy in a 12 team, or he's not somebody that I would necessarily be rushing uh, to go and add. If he is still available, he's, I don't know. I, I used to be more of a fan, uh, but at this point, not really so much. And his next start should come at Cincinnati uh, at great American ballpark. So if he is available, I'm not really going to be so interested in adding him. Baltimore, and Boston here, Adley Rutschman, so far in the game, or not so far, the game finished. Um, in the middle, the games are just kind of going on here. It's kind of hard to keep track of what's going on. This is just the time I was able to sneak away and record today. Uh, but Adley Rutschman, 5-for-5. Five five. He hit a bomb, four RBIs. He also walked six times on base. Just incredible. That's absolutely best-case scenario for Rutschman. He's batting second. He could smash. He could absolutely smash this year if the power comes through. If he's able to hit 20-plus home runs, that would be absolutely phenomenal in this lineup, getting on base as often as he does. You know, I don't think it's a f- an amazing lineup, but it's decent enough where if he's batting second, uh, we're going to see Adley Rutchman have a great season. Cedric Mullins leading off. He was, one, uh, he was one for four, scored a couple of runs. He walked a couple times and stole a couple bases. Jorge Mateo stole a couple bases as well, and so did Adam Fraser. Just a lot of steals to go around there. For the Orioles, no stolen bases for the Red Sox. Started off pretty grim for them. Uh, They were down, what was it, seven or eight to? It was eight to two, and then eight to four, and then it was ten to four. They scored five runs over the last couple innings, but fell short in their comeback. Nothing really so uh, meaningful on the Red Sox side. Masataka Yoshida went two for four though. Good to see him come right in and smash. I think he's potentially a top 50 player overall this season. I think if he plays a full season, 140-ish plus games, then I think we're going to see him absolutely smash. He is somebody that I put a rookie of the year bet down on. I think I mentioned that on a pod yesterday or the day before. Uh, he is he is somebody that I have a couple shares of, and I am very happy that I do. I think I have him in three or four leagues. I can't remember at this point. Everything Everything does feel like a blur to me right now. Braves and Nationals, Patrick Corbin obviously got his tits slit. That was something that you kind of can expect, although I guess it wasn't well, – okay, there's no way to really christen this other than it was a bad start. Three innings, seven hits, four runs, two of them earned, uh, three walks and three strikeouts. I don't understand Patrick Corbin, man. Uh, I really don't. I uh, He's just – he's not he's not somebody that I'm – I i do not know why anybody would, would ever have him on their team – and and he, like, I I don't know why he was added up at all, but he was added up in, in a few Yahoo leagues, which just is, is, is really, I don't know. Usually Yahoo leagues are pretty shallow, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know why anybody would, would want to go and, and and do that to themselves on opening day. Uh, Max Fried went out with an injury. That's a hamstring injury, and it's not looking great. He did get... I think they're going to place him on the IL. Uh, he, he was going to cover first base, and it didn't look too bad. I didn't really think it looked that bad at all. But he's going to probably be on the IL. From what I'm seeing, I've seen a couple different reports, um, but he's going to miss one start. Um, I, I saw a report earlier that said he was likely going to the IL, but now it says he's going to miss just one start. So I don't know if they're going to go and put him on the IL just for one one start necessarily so that's something to monitor i don't know if there's really necessarily going to be an ad there uh dodd could potentially be an ad uh, i'm forgetting is it is it dylan dodd i think it's dylan dodd i'm forgetting his first name now um is it dylan dodd yeah it is dylan dodd he could potentially be an ad but i'm not really going to be that interested more so in schuster we were talking the other day with air cross uh, about those two in particular I think Schuster is more of the ad there, and he's already somebody who is going to be in the rotation anyway. Uh, But in terms of, like, if you're looking for somebody, if you have Freed, if you're looking to replace him, that might be the way you want to go if you just want to roster uh, another Atlanta starting pitcher. But I don't expect it to be too long that he is on the shelf, though. Hopefully it is just one start. My guys, Shane McClanahan got off to a great start to the season here. Six innings, four hits, no earned runs, six strikeouts, and one walk against the Tigers at home. Definitely what I wanted to see out of him. He's my number two SP in my rankings. I think I was the highest ranker of McClanahan in the industry, and I stand by that. I think that he is going to repeat what he did last year. He is going to have even more of a leash than we saw, which was typically about six innings last season, and I think we're just going to see him get even better at this point. Like We're still talking about a guy who is is twenty. Five years old. Like, I don't think we've seen the best of him. I think this is just the start of what's going to be a great season. Not a great lineup that he was facing today, but definitely a a great sign here. He was able to cut through Detroit's lineup. On the other side, Eduardo Rodriguez. Eh, I've never been an Eduardo Rodriguez guy. If you guys listen regularly, you know that I'm just not a fan. Three earned runs, five and a third innings pitch, two walks, five strikeouts. I think he's fine, I guess, as a back end 12 teamer guy, but. You know, I wouldn't be you know married to the idea of rostering him all season. I think that he is very, very, very borderline in a twelve-team league. In terms of what we saw from the respective lineups in this game, Wander Franco hit a home run. Definitely, what I want to see out of him. One of my bold takes was that he was going to go fifteen, fifteen, and three hundred. And next year, he'll be a second-round pick. With people just expecting even more and more out of Wander Franco. Like you got to remember, he's only twenty-two years old. He just turned twenty-two years old earlier in March. So. There's still a lot of promise. He was one of the most highly touted prospects we've seen in a little while. And if he starts to produce this season, give him 15-15, or let's call it 17-17 and 17 or some whatever you want to call it. I think we're going to see crazy, crazy draft price on him next year. This is the start of what could be a very, very good season for Wander Franco. Definitely promising two hits and a home run for him there. On the Tiger side... Nothing of note really here, other than Austin Meadows getting off to a pretty good start with three hits. I was pretty aggressive on my ranking. I think I still, I moved around my outfield rankings a bit at the end, but I think he still ended up as a top 50 outfielder for me, which is also fairly high. I'm not sure if I was the highest on him, but I was pretty aggressively high on Austin Meadows because I think it was just one bad year where he was dealing with personal stuff that we kind of usually just brush off to the side. We don't really factor that in as much as we probably should. He was dealing with some stuff in his own life. He had some mental health issues, and he had to step away from baseball altogether to go along with an actual physical injury as well. You know, he was just a year removed from giving you uh, stupidly good numbers playing for these same Tampa Bay Rays. I think that he was very well-priced in draft season, and I'm hoping that we can see him continue uh, this trend. Three base hits today. Javi Baez, he had a hit. Uh, You know, I'm... I still don't really know how to feel about him. I have him in a couple of leagues. He also struck out and had a walk. I, I'm i hoping that we can see a great year out of him. I'm still kind of not sure. I rostered him in one of the leagues I rostered him in really stupidly. It was an OBP league, but he was one of my last picks. He fell like the pick 240 or something overall, 250, I think, even. Uh, so I took him there. I'm hoping for the best out of him. Really not sure what to expect, but at this point, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see still. Now, there's still some games going on. Those, that's a brief recap of what we've seen so far in the day. Uh, those are the games that have already finished. Toronto, my Blue Jays are playing the Cardinals. God, not great for Alec Manoa. You do not usually see this out of him. Five earned runs, nine hits, three strikeouts, two walks, two home runs that he allowed today. One to Brandon Donovan, one to Tyler O'Neill. Definitely the shit end of the stick for Manoa, but I, I don't, again... Do not panic when you see this kind of stat line. I was watching a little bit earlier on. I hadn't seen that it got up to five when I was watching. He had allowed a one-earned run in the first inning. This is not ideal, obviously, but again, same same thing as I'm saying with Nola, with Burns, with DeGrom. Do not panic. It's one start. It's not going to be perfect for everybody. It's not great, but it's also a great team that he's facing in their bar and opening day nerves. He'll be fine next time out. Uh, rest assured that he'll be fine. On the other side, Miles Michaelis, not great. Three and a third, ten hits, five earned runs, six strikeouts. He's not somebody that I was big on at all. He's not somebody that I have. I actually have one share of him in that same league, actually, um, the OBP league. That's the fantasy six-pack league uh, over on Fantrax. I have one share. I did start him today, probably shouldn't have. I'll, I'll learn my lesson. I don't even know that he is necessarily somebody that I need to be rostering. That's a deeper kind of roster 12-team league there. I don't know that he's necessarily somebody who is a must-roster player. Again, tough lineup, so it's hard to hold it necessarily against him. But he's not somebody that I'd be, again, married to holding for the entire season. In terms of the lineups what we've seen so far, Brendan Donovan, he hit a jack, a couple of hits, a couple of RBIs. I, I sent out a tweet yesterday. It was one of the most popular tweets I've ever sent out in terms of the, the likes and the, and the views and everything like that. I just said to go add Brendan Donovan, essentially, because of his versatility. He's going to be the Cardinals' leadoff hitter. You know His power was good in spring. He had a home run here today. You know, he's somebody who didn't hit a bunch of home runs last year. I forget what it was, five or something home runs. I, You know, we could definitely see double-digit power from him to go along with a couple of steals. And if he's batting the top of that lineup, Lord knows the runs are going to be there, the way he gets on base. You know, he's somebody who has a crazy high value in an on-base percentage league. I love Brandon Donovan. I'm very happy to see him doing well hitting a home run today. Tyler O'Neal as well coming off of a bad year. Definitely a great start. I believe he had a home run on opening day last year as well. Uh, But this is something that, again, hopefully we can see this carry over. Not something we can really tell long-term what's going to happen, obviously, at this point. But it's definitely a good sign to see something like that happen on opening day. Jordan Walker also has a base hit so far. He's batting eighth. Again, good sign. You know, in the lineup, it's a great lineup. So even though he's batting eighth, there's not much you can really say, like, okay, he should be batting here, there, wherever. opening day for a rookie making his major league debut, it makes sense to keep him closer to the bottom of the order. You don't need to have him leading off or batting second. Just at the bottom of the order, let him do his thing, and all should be going fairly smoothly, hopefully, for Jordan Walker. And so far, a base hit, that's definitely a good sign. Again, can't read too much into anything at this point, but, you know, good sign for sure um let's see the Rangers are continuing to beat up on the Phillies here it's nine to six for the Rangers at this point Aaron Nola's line finished out five earned runs uh four strikeouts two walks I think the book may have closed on him uh, before uh, I don't have the screen actually up in front of me at this point but high scoring game over there uh let's take a look at some of the lineups that have or some of the players in the lineups here who have had big impacts Robbie Grossman Hitting a home run, not something I would expect to see. He's more of a deep league guy for sure. I wouldn't read too much into something like that. Alec Boehm hitting a home run, obviously three hits, three RBIs. I really like Alec Boehm at the bottom of that lineup. I think you know he's going to be moving up, possibly even a little bit higher, depending on the the given day. Uh, maybe if there's a lefty on the mound, he moves up a little bit in the lineup. I, I like him. Uh, you know, he's you know, especially because of the injuries they have. He could bat fourth or fifth against lefties, even maybe even higher. Probably I could honestly see him batting fourth against lefties. Uh, but he's he's somebody who was, again, very reasonably priced. I think we could see a very solid season out of Alec Bohm. It's a good way to start the year and hitting a home run off at DeGrom, even just mentally for your own confidence. That's a great way to get yourself into the rhythm of the season. Uh, definitely something uh, to keep an eye on there with Alec Boehm. And I know it's not statistical, but it's something where it's like, okay, you know, you, you took DeGrom for a ride. Uh, you know, it wasn't the deepest of home runs. I think it was like 385. But still, you know, something something to keep an eye on, um, you know, for Alec Boehm's confidence early in the season. Mets and Marlins is also going on right now. Max Scherzer so far, six innings. I'm not sure if his day is done. Uh, six innings, four hits, three earned runs, six strikeouts, and two walks. He also allowed a home run uh, earlier on in the game to Garrett Cooper. Fair enough start for him. Nothing crazy, nothing to write home about. You know, three earned runs, six strikeouts, a couple of walks. It's not great, but it's the first start of the year. You'll know, you you'll, you'll take what he's able to give you there. Sandy Alcantara on the other side. Not a banner day. Five and two thirds, three hits, three, run, uh, three runs. Two of them earned. Two Ks and four walks. Now, Sandy Alcantara, I was lower on him than a lot of people. I think I had him 11th when all was said and done in my rankings. 11th or 12th. I think it was 11th. You know, he doesn't have those strikeouts to fall back on a lot of the time in terms of the per inning upside. He doesn't have the team context to fall back on in terms of, you know, a juggernaut offense being around him. So I was a little bit low on him. This is not great, but it's also, like, you know, same advice as every other player. It's opening day. You can't read too much into it. It's a tough lineup he's facing in the Mets. Very tough lineup. So, again, do not read too much into that. Um, Not ideal start, though, for Sandy Alcantara. Looking at Minnesota and Kansas City, Pablo Lopez went five and a third, two hits, eight strikeouts, and three walks. Very solid outing for him there. He's not somebody that I'm huge on. He's like a borderline top 50 pitcher for me. But that's obviously a very good start. Obviously, it's not a great lineup, but still, you know, very promising. On the other side, Zach Greinke, five and and a third, six hits, two earned runs, four strikeouts, and one walk. You love to see it, but he's not somebody that you should be very interested in. There's not going to be much upside in terms of, again, wins, strikeouts or much at this point of his career. Really, the strikeouts is where he, he's going to kill you. He's not somebody that you need to be looking at really at all. Not really a banner day for the young guys in uh, Minnesota, in Kansas City's lineup. They kind of have been dealt with pretty handily so far. They only have two hits so far uh, into the seventh inning here. Bobby Witt Jr., he's 0-2. Melendez, 0-2. Uh, Sal Perez is 1-3, for Pasquantino 0-3. Not a great day uh, for their lineup so far. Now, I'm recording this when there's still some game left to play, so maybe we'll look back on this if you're listening tomorrow and say, well, Pasquantino hit a home run or whatever. I hope that is the case. Uh, Definitely cheering for a lot of those guys in that lineup, but not off to the greatest of starts so far. Let's take a look at the Pirates in Cincinnati. Mitch Keller. You know, we were not big on Mitch Keller. A lot of people were fairly – I moved him up a little bit in my rankings. I think he was, like, just barely a top 100 pitcher by the end of it. Like, me, me like, just inside. Very close. But, you know, not a great start. Uh, granted, at Great American Ballpark, you can't expect the world. But four and two-thirds, six hits, four and runs, eight strikeouts, and four walks. He did allow a home run as well. Uh, that was to Spencer Steer. Not somebody that really should be on your radar in 12 team leagues. He's more of a 15 team guy. And even there, you know, I don't know that he's going to be a mainstay on your rosters. I think he's a little bit overrated, even though I did move him up my rankings a little bit. Now that being said, it's again tough ballpark, not the not the greatest environment for you to get off to a great start, but he's still not somebody that I have that much interest in. On the other side, Hunter Green, three and a third, five hits, three earned runs, eight strikeouts, three walks, and he allowed a ding dong. That one was to O'Neal Cruz, and it was a pretty solid. Let me let me see. It was 437 feet. Big bomb there from O'Neal Cruz. Hunter Green was somebody that I avoided entirely this season. I don't think I have any shares of him. His price was just too steep, especially later on in draft season. It just got really out of hand. He went three and a third today. Five hits, three earned runs. You know, uh, not great. Eight strikeouts is obviously great, but. That's kind of what you're you're going to be falling back on with Hunter Green a lot of the time, and that's going to kind of be it. You don't have much else going for you when you play for a team that's likely to lose a hundred games, and in a ballpark that allows home runs by the by the dozens. He's not somebody and a pitcher who allows way too many fly balls, way too much home run potential with Hunter Green on the mound at home. I did not have a lot of interest at this point. You know, some people might try and buy low on him or something. I'm I'm just I don't know, unless it's very, very low. And some people might say, I remember getting some flag actually last year, just going back to the whole buy low thing uh, on Twitter, because I was putting out some buy lows early in the season. People were saying, no one's going to do buy lows at this point. You're, you're going to check Yahoo tomorrow. I promise you there'll be trades. There's probably already been trades made today, because there was trades being made well before the season started. Even in my home league, there was <laughs> trades made. It was like David Robertson for Drew Rasmussen, like the day after the after the draft. It was like There's always people making trades, so you never know uh, if you can... You know, get very cheap price on Hunter Green, maybe, but, you know, not somebody that is a is a huge target of mine at this point. Uh, like I mentioned, O'Neal Cruz, really great to see him get off to a great start and hit a home run. Uh, he scored twice. He also reached on a walk. I love him. I have him in a couple of leagues. Definitely hoping for the best out of him as the leadoff hitter there. We saw last year, even in limited games, good RBI numbers, good run total. So it shouldn't necessarily limit him to the point of him being, like, you know, a fantasy dud based on the lack of runs and RBIs, because he's in a bad lineup. Like, that's not something that we saw it last year. He is good enough that he can, you know, impact those numbers enough with his power and his speed, where he's going to score enough and he's going to drive in enough runs to make it worthwhile, even as a leadoff hitter for a bad lineup. O'Neill Cruz is going to be very, very special. <clears throat> now, that's it for the games that have happened so far today and the games that are currently going on. Dylan Cease and Framber Valdez later on uh, White Sox and Astros. We got Herman Marquez and Blake Snell, Padres and Rockies, Shohei Otani and Kyle Muller. That's going to be taking place in the Coliseum in Oakland. Uh, Shane Bieber, Luis Castillo, Zach Allen, and Julio Urias will end the night later on. Some good matchups. You know, this is a time of year when you can see some really great matchups. I don't know, Kyle Muller, Herman Marquez, Yeah, not the greatest, but... You're seeing a lot of great pitchers today. You're seeing a lot of great matchups. And even though it didn't go the greatest for some of them today, like I said, my main point today is just to reiterate again do not panic. You know, the stats at this point of the year, they'll matter because you'll look back at the end of the season and you'll lose a category in Roto by two steals or you'll lose it by two batting average points. You know, it does matter. But in terms of your evaluations of the players, it doesn't really so much at this point. You know, the individual results at this point of the season don't really mean much. Where it's way too small of any kind of sample size to do much with anything that we saw today or will see for the next couple of days. So, guys, that is that is the huge takeaway, and I wanted to reiterate that point as much as possible over this episode. We're gonna be back tomorrow. We're gonna recap, um, you know, everything that fully happened today and look ahead to tomorrow as well, and also talk about some streamers for the weekend and go through. Everything that you need to know uh, when setting your lineups for next week as well. Because, of course, if you guys are new to the show, we go Monday through Friday. We are not here over the weekend, but we are going to be talking about players who you can be looking to add up if you're talking about, you know, look at some fab options, and we'll talk about some streamers for the weekend and even for early next week as well. So, guys, that'll do it for us. Take care. Have a great night, and we will see you tomorrow. Cheers.